0: We just stand for the reading of the Word of God. From Hebrews 11, verses 1 to 3. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Let's pray. Father, we have great need this morning of your Holy Spirit, your omnipotent Holy Spirit, to teach us and instruct us, to convict us and build us up. And for those who don't know you, we need your Spirit's sovereign providential power to save souls, to give life, to make your enemies members of your table, members of your family. And we ask you to do these things with great expectation in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I kind of thought that would go without saying, but anyway. Ah, uh, All right. So Hebrews 11. I don't know. Um, I would think not everybody is like, oh, Hebrews 11. I know what that is, but I would think a lot of us do, right? Hebrews 11 is... Uh, commonly called the Hall of Faith. i um, going to give a lot of examples as we work through Hebrews 11 over the next several weeks. We are going to s- slow to a crawl here um, over these next few weeks. And I think, it was it six? Five or six weeks we're going to spend in Hebrews 11, Lord willing. Um, because, well, for a lot of reasons, but the main reason is this, and, and I'll, I'll probably say this again. As we get into this, I know I will. Faith is pretty important in the Christian life, right? I mean, this is one of those, this is a biggie. And if the Bible is going to take its time to tell us something about it, take a whole chapter, 40 verses of a chapter to talk about faith, well, we want to pay attention. And um, this book of Hebrews has been such a challenge for me personally in my faith and in my preaching, and such an incredible um, encouragement, such an incredible edifying work of the Holy Spirit of God uh, through this letter. And we're going to just bathe in faith for several weeks. Um, So, 11.1, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now before we dig into this, as we always do, we need to see the connection to the previous thought, what the previous thought is. And remember, there are no chapter divisions when this, when this letter was written, when this message was written. <clears throat> so the writer has a flow of thought. He don't just say, okay, let me start a new chapter here so that in 2024 in Beckley, those guys will be like, this is something, that's not what's going on. What he has said just before this, he was talking about at the end of chapter 10, the dangers of shrinking back and falling away, and the surety of the damnation for those who would do so. But then he also reassured his readers that he and they, we, he said, are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and and preserve their soul. So what I want to do is read 1039 and 111 together. Try to get the numbers out of your head. Um, and not see it as a a division. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So you see the connection, right? The flow of thought is we are of those who have faith and preserve our souls. Now faith is. If we are those... um, who have faith, and, and that faith preserves our souls, it's going to be important to know what that faith is. What saves your souls, right? So we have the only definition that the Bible gives for faith in its pages here. It's short, it's concise, it's and it's effective. It's not comprehensive. It's not like a word study type deal here. Um, but it's really, really good. And it gives us something to go back to when we're talking about faith. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And we'll look at the breakdown pretty well to get a better idea of what's going on here. So first, the word faith in and of itself. And if you ask 10 people to define faith, you're probably going to get 10 different definitions. Um but let's actually do it like a, a word study type of setting here. First, Strong's Dictionary, says the Greek word is pistis. It would trans, transliterate P-I-S-T-I-S, pistis. Um, and it's translated as assurance, as believe, as belief, and as fidelity. And the definition is conviction of the truth of anything or belief. In the New Testament, of a conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, generally with the included idea of trust and holy fervor, born of faith and joined with it. The conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things, the provider and bestower of eternal salvation through Christ." A strong and welcome conviction or belief that Jesus is the Messiah through whom we obtain eternal salvation in the kingdom of God. And the last one is belief with the predominant idea of trust or confidence, whether in God or in Christ, springing from faith in the same. Now the Bible sense lexicon condenses and simplifies that a little bit by defining faith as strong confidence in and reliance upon someone or something, often with the object of trust understood. And I like that for us going forward here. So let me read that again. Uh, A strong confidence in. Faith is a strong confidence in and a reliance upon someone or something. And obviously here for us it's God, right? Often with the object of trust understood, but we're going to say it. Strong confidence in and reliance upon the person, plan, and work of God. Amen. That's what faith is. So I just want to insert something here quickly. It is so important that we get this right. And I've entered into this week in this study, I'm afraid that I've walked into it and thought, well, it's faith. We'll just talk about faith. But I'm like, what if I mess this up? That's pretty important, right? We have to know what faith is. Why? So, we got our banners back here. These lay out the five solas of the Reformation. Those are the alone truths. Sola means alone. These were helped during the Reformation back in the 1500s to make clear during and after that Reformation what were the basic tenets. The tent poles, if you will. The teachings that were being set aside by the Roman Catholic Church. And so Luther, Zwingli, Calvin, others step up and say, no, there are things that are important that the Roman Catholic Church is either addressing wrongly or not addressing at all. So they lay out these five solas. And again, the word sola is Latin for alone. So these five solas behind me on these banners are grace alone, Faith alone, Christ alone, Scripture alone, to the glory of God alone. So one of the five major components of biblical Christianity, especially in the Reformed tradition, which we are a part of, because we're not Roman Catholic, we came out of the Reformation. That's, that's the, let me just say this, and this is, I don't know where this comes from. Right here, I guess. We talk about Reformed theology, and man, people draw up battle lines there what we're really saying is we're not Roman Catholic. We believe that the faulty teaching of the Roman Catholic Church for many years, many years, hundreds of years, over a thousand years, neglected these things primarily. And so when we say we're Reformed, this really lays out what we're really saying. It's not about so many things that people make Reformed theology about necessarily. This is it. So we are reformed and that we do believe that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in the work of Christ alone, as told in the Scripture alone, to the glory of God alone. Amen. I'll die on those hills. Passionately. And one of those is faith. So we've got to get this right. And thank God, literally... The Bible is clear on this. We see in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. I hear people say that we're saved by faith. It's not quite right. Again, we're going to be precise here. We're saved by grace through faith. And that grace and that faith are gifts of God. And that's important. Very important. Our very salvation is rooted and grounded in faith. Right? Abraham, who the writer addresses later in this chapter, and we'll spend a lot of time with Abraham, was said to have been declared righteous how, by his faith, Genesis fifteen six. And he Abraham believed the Lord, and God counted it to Abraham as righteousness. Belief is faith. And that verse. Oh well, um, yeah. Habakkuk. I'm sorry. This is the verse that's quoted several times in the New Testament. Behold, his soul is puffed up; it is not upright within him. But the righteous shall live by his faith. That verse is quoted in Romans, Galatians, and Hebrews. And I think we've been so prone to just mouth the word. Faith. Take the concept for granted and not really dig down and understand what faith is. And so the writer of Hebrews helps us. So he says that faith is first the assurance of things hoped for. Okay, assurance. What does assurance mean? Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Man, what a word assurance is, right? Translated as confidence or substance. That which has foundation is the definition. That which has actual existence. A substance, a real being, the substantial quality, nature of a person or thing, the steadfastness of mind, firmness, courage, resolution, confidence, firm trust equals assurance. Okay, so assurance is substance. And some of the versions of the Bible say that. Faith is invisible, right? Somebody show me your faith, right? Hold it up. Everybody hold your faith up. You're like, I don't have faith to hold up. I got faith, but I can't hold it up. Because faith is invisible. But it has substance. We can't see what we have faith in. Walking by faith and not sight. But there is a real object to this faith. And this assurance is said to be of things hoped for. Assurance of things hoped for. We've already spent some time in the book of Hebrews talking about biblical hope. And biblical hope is not, oh, I hope something happens that may or may not happen. That's not biblical hope. Again, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I don't hope in a biblical sense of hope without certainty that Jesus did shed His blood. I don't hope without the certainty that I will be counted righteous in Him. He did shed His blood and He is righteous. Therefore, I have assurance. I have hope. And here in Hebrews 11, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. So how do I know that what I hope for is going to happen? By faith. Faith is that assurance. You're like, I don't know about that. Stay with me, okay? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. So if I have faith, that faith is my assurance. And I think we try to get the cart before the horse. We want to get some assurance so we can have faith. But faith is our assurance. Stay with me. Earlier in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 6, 17 to 20, which I've referenced so many times already, but we're going to do it again. And we'll do it later in the message too, by the way. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of His purpose, He guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, and the second thing is that He made an oath to like... Make that ironclad. We who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. A hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner or pioneer on our behalf. And we don't need the Melchizedek thing here. We already touched on that several weeks ago. Now take that, put it in the blender, and bring it back out here. I love the description of hope as our anchor. Hope is our sure and steadfast anchor. And that helps us to see what this phrase assurance of things hoped for means. There is a confidence that what has been done and what has been promised are sure. Hence, assurance. Faith is the assurance of what has been done and what has been promised. And that those things are sure. Assurance. That I know it to be true with everything in me-ness. Of things hoped for things that are our motivation to keep going, knowing that all will be handled accordingly for God's glory and Romans eight twenty eight for my good as well. So that's assurance. Assurance of things hoped for. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Now the second phrase is that faith is the conviction of things not seen. The conviction of things not seen. The word conviction is defined as reproof or evidence, a proof that by which a thing is proved or tested. It's also translated, as we have it in our version, as conviction. What's the kind of gold standard for scientific evidence nowadays? They conduct a what study? Two words. Double blind. A double blind story, uh, study, story, study, study, story. A double blind study. And what they mean is that nobody knew what was going on, so that they uh, they couldn't be affected by possible outcomes. They couldn't say, "Well, I want this to be true, so I'm going to make it true." A double blind study means nobody knows what's going on, and these are the facts that we found. And listen, people have great conviction in these double blind studies. You throw out the, word, the term double-blind and people are like, oh, that's got to be true. Which seems a little bit upside down and backwards to me as far as what we're talking about today because nobody knew what was going on. Here, we've got like a double C. We double-vision. We see the past. We see the future. And that affects our present. We've got double-vision. We're doing a double-vision. We're in the middle of a double-vision study right now because we see what has happened in the past And we see just as sure what is going to happen in the future. We could not be any more sure of what has happened and what's going to happen. So that affects us right now. And that is our conviction. That's the evidence that we have. Four, well, I guess we have like 3,000, let me get this straight about 4,000 years of biblical history that was written down for us. Written down. Eyewitnesses, including God Himself, who dictated some of this, actually inspired all of it. And He said, tell them this. Tell them to remember that this happened so that they can have evidence that who I am, what I've done, and what I will do is true so that they can have conviction. Bible Sense Lexicon words conviction as evidence that makes someone fully agree, evidence that makes someone fully understand and realize the truth or validity of something, especially based on argument or discussion. The literal wording is convicting evidence. Faith. Is the convicting evidence that the person, work, and plan of God are true. If you have faith, that is the convicting evidence that God is, that God is true, that God is real, that God has worked, that God is working, and that God will be working. Listen, this thing we call faith is not something we have right here that makes us go, man, I really want this to work out, and I hope it does. That's not faith. Anybody ever paid a vehicle off? <laughs> no, nope, nobody's ever done that. <laughs> we, just, we just always owe for cars. That's what we do. Think about what Todd said this morning, right? Um, you, get, you pay it off, and they do what? They mail you the title. What is that title? It's proof that you paid the note. But what is that title in and of itself? It's a piece of paper. So what? And so, like, this is mine. This piece of paper tells me so. Somebody could say, well, that's just a piece of paper with words on it. I can't even read. I don't know what that says. I'm like, no, this, this is convicting proof that that vehicle sitting out there belongs to me. It's got my name on it. It says, paid in full. Tetelestai in the Greek. And that's the convicting proof that I I fulfilled my loan. I don't need forgiveness. Todd, thank you very much. I'm nothing but black in your ledger book, bro. I don't know you. Jack. Bankers. (laughs) Todd's my favorite banker. And I'm not even his customer. He's just my favorite banker. (laughs) Evidence that makes someone fully agree, understand, and realize the truth or validity of something. Convicting evidence. And your faith, the fact that you have faith that has been given to you as a gift of the grace of God, is the convicting evidence that the person, work, and plan of God are true. And this conviction is said to be of things not seen. I am convinced, I have the evidence I need of the things of God because I have faith. Faith is the convicting evidence. I don't need convicting evidence to have faith. If I have faith, which was a gift from God, Ephesians 2, I have convincing proof of things not seen. Again, I have not seen Jesus. Anybody? May seen Jesus? If you're nodding, you're lying. You have not. You cannot see God the Father, the immortal, invisible God, and the Holy Spirit is within us. And if you've seen Him, we got to talk, y'all. So we can't see God. Yet, we'll see Jesus one day face to face. We'll spend eternity with Him face to face, which is incredible. But right now, the faith that He has given me is the convincing proof that God is which we'll see later in Hebrews 11. Whoever comes to God must believe that he is. Moses said, what am I supposed to tell them your name is? If they ask me who sent me, he says, you tell them I am sent you. I am, I is, I be, to conjugate the verb. If I have faith, that faith in itself is the proof of God being real and giving me the gift of that faith. And yes, that can be a bit circular, right? God is. And God gives me faith as a gift of His grace. And now that faith is my convicting evidence that God is. But I love it because it's an unbreakable loop. Once you get in it, you can get out of it. You may struggle with it. Something you own, you don't really know what to do with. But that's why this chapter's here. So, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's our assurance and it's the conviction of things not seen. Faith is assurance and conviction. Let's move to verse 2. You didn't think we'd ever get to verse 2, did you? Well, join the crowd. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. I, I, I read that as condemnation all the time, by the way. That's why I'm going commendation. I got a half note there commendation. For by the people of God received their commendation. Now, this, this seems innocuous enough, right? But I think it's loaded with implications. So, we got our definition of faith assurance and conviction. And remember, we're coming out of the author saying that we are those who have faith and so preserve our souls. And since we are those who have faith, we have assurance of the things we hope for and we have conviction of the things not seen. Now, it's our favorite word, for. We are those who have faith. That faith preserves our souls. It assures and gives us hope for by it. By faith. For by faith, the people of old received their commendation. Now, a couple of questions come to mind to me from this. What does it mean to do anything by faith... And second, how did the people of old wield faith to receive their commendation? And that second is very important. We'll get to it. First, the phrase, by faith. What does this phrase mean, by faith? Because you're going to see it all through chapter 11. What does it mean to live, to do something by faith? Well, if I drive to Princeton... And take I-77, which I highly suggest because 19 is a train wreck. I can say I got to Princeton by I-77. Right? Or I could say that I got to Princeton by car. Both are right, right? The thought pattern is of how something gets done. We say might say I did something by myself, which means I'm the vehicle that got this done. So by faith means that something got done or accomplished through the vehicle of something. The by thing is how that thing got done. And again, look for this phrase throughout the rest of the chapter. You can also look through all the Bible looking by faith, by faith, by faith. And what he's going to do through the rest of chapter 11, he's going to show examples of this. These things being done are accomplished by faith. And they're really incredible things that were done by faith, by the way, when we get there. So by is how. By faith. Faith is how something got done. So now the second question, which I think is the more in-depth question. How did the people of God in the past, which he's going to mention in the future in the chapter, circular, right? How did those people wield their faith to receive their commendation. Well, let me, let me ask this question first. What does it mean for them to receive their commendation? I think it's plain to understand that the writer is referring to their commendation as being God's approval of them or their actions, right? The commendation is referring to God commending them. And that word commendation is defined as to be or become affirmed favorably by first-hand Authentication. Commendation is to be or become affirmed favorably by firsthand authentication. So God is showing his favor by personally affirming these people that we'll see in, in, in Hebrews 11. God says yes. That's commendation. We saw earlier that Abraham believed God, actually, Abram at that point believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. By faith, Abraham was affirmed as having God's favor through his faith, through his belief in God. And note that, and this is where I really want to emphasize. I want to put the emphasis on the right syllable here. Okay? Yeah. Syllable. Thank you. Thank you for the token laughter. I needed that. I needed that for closure there. (laughs) Listen. Listen. Abraham did not earn God's approval. He's like, well, it says he counted it to him as righteousness. He sure did. So what I'm saying Abraham did not do was Abraham did not do the math, put out a flow chart. Yes, God. Yep. uh-huh. God said it. So, uh, I believe it. And God goes, yes! Yes, Abraham! That's how it's done. That's not what happened. That's very important. Why did Abraham believe God? Because God revealed Himself to Abraham, gave Abraham the gift of faith, and then Abraham displayed the faith that God had given to him and so was reckoned, counted as righteous. Listen to me. God gives the faith. We show the faith that He has given us, and we are commended by the God, affirmed favorably by firsthand authentic- authentication by God Himself for the faith that we displayed that He gave us. Yes, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness just like everyone else in the Old Testament narrative did. Just like everyone else in the New Testament narrative did. Just like everyone in the present does. Just like everyone in the future will. They received their commendation by showing their faith. Their faith showed the favor of God on their lives. King James says it this way, For by it, the elders obtained a good report. They got their grade cards. And since they walked in and lived by faith, they used the tool that God gave them, they obtained a good report. They walked by faith and God graded them as having been pleased with their lives because they were walking in faith in the work of God. Now this word for receive their commendation, that's one Greek word, receive their commendation. And it's going to be important going forward. The Greek word is martyreo, I think martyr. And it means to be approvingly testified of. Warren Wiersbe expands on this by saying, quote, that it is an important word in Hebrews 11, martyreo. Receive their commendation. He says it occurs not only in verse 2, but twice in verse 4. So next week, Lord willing. Once in verse 5, in two weeks, Lord willing. And once in verse 39, in about four or five weeks, Lord willing. He concludes this by saying the summary in Hebrews 12:1, calls this list of men and women so great a cloud of witnesses. And he says they are witnesses to us because God witnessed to them. In each example cited, God gave witness to that person's faith and this witness was his divine approval on their lives and ministries, end of quote. And don't miss that. I want to read that last part again. They are witnesses to us because God witnessed to them. In each example cited, God gave witness to that person's faith. This witness was his divine approval on their lives and ministries. And again, I say, note the flow here. God witnesses to them, they live out what God has said to them, and then God testifies approvingly of them. God is the source of the faith, and then people receive the commendation of God for showing Him as the center and source of their faith. By it, by their faith, the people of old received their commendation. And that's true today too which we'll talk more about going forward. But we'll finish today's passage by looking at one more verse, verse 3. And boy, it is a doozy at 11.40. Stay with me. By the way, we have lunch afterwards. Please stay and eat with us. I'll say that later too. So if we run a little late, you don't have to worry about getting food or being late to get in the line at the restaurant. You can eat here, okay? Give me that room. Verse three, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God (laughs) so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. What? What a statement! We start with what we saw and explained from our last verse, the phrase by faith. That's where we start here, right? Because of faith, with faith being the vehicle or instrument that we accomplish something. We. Now note that. This ties us back to the end of chapter 10 when the author said that we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are of those who have faith and preserve their souls. That's who we are in 11.3. And by faith, we do what? And this word, we understand. To understand means to get the meaning of something, specifically intellectually. Strong says to perceive with the mind. Okay, that's not hard to grasp, right? Or to understand, right? But what do we understand here? The author is going to work through a lot of Old Testament examples of what faith looked like then. And he starts where it all started. At creation. By faith, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. Well, that's not very scientific. Amen. Now listen, I love science. God invented science. I'm not anti science but I'm not working in a double-blind study. I'm working from an eternal perspective study. By faith, then, I understand, we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God. The Word of God was the vehicle that God used to create the universe. That means everything everything, God said, and it happened. Whoa. That's quite the thought, isn't it? And again, I think we take this for granted. But Genesis 1.1 is true. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I am certain there was a big bang when God spoke servant of that. How could there not be? Y'all ready? This is gonna get loud. You ready? Let there be. Boom. Whoa! And like, if there would have been somebody there watching, they'd be like, "Whoa! Whoa!" And we're like, "Yeah, that happened." <laughs> In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And as you go through the first chapter of Genesis, you see the phrase, and God said, over and over and over. And so throughout the creation event, God spoke things into existence. The heavens and the earth, light, the firmaments, the sea, the dry ground, plants, fish, birds, animals. And then he declares the intention to make man in his own image. But now wait, 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 wait. Is that even possible? And again, cliche as it may seem, it is for God. With God, nothing is impossible. But here's my question. Do we really believe that? Or are we looking to the world that was created to explain to us how it got created? And their explanation is, everything came out of nothing. And nobody did it. Oh, okay. Because that's science. Science. Bunch of smart dummies. is what my old pastor used to say. They're too smart for their own good. They're so smart they're dumb. Because do we really believe do we really believe this? God said it and it happened. From the mind and mouth of God came everything. Do we really believe that? And even more specifically, according to Hebrews 11.3, do we understand it? Because listen to me, faith is not a call to walk in ignorance. Faith is not a call, oh well, I don't get it, but I'll just do it because God said it. No! No! Understand? Do you understand that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth? And everything that is, everything we see came out of what was invisible. Do you understand that? How in the world could we though with our little pea brains? How can we explore the infinite God here? And God said, I've got a way for you to do that. And it's by faith. He's good. He loves us. He gives good gifts to His children. How could we understand it? Well, it turns out the Bible, given under the inspiration of God the Holy Spirit Himself as the Word of God, says we can understand it. How? By faith. By faith, we understand that the universe, the whole kitten caboodle, was created by the Word of God. We get the meaning of that intentionally in our minds. We comprehend it with our inner person, that truth. We use the means of faith to get this straight in our minds. We perceive it, we see it, and grasp it with our minds by what? By faith. Faith informs our minds as well. That's the statement that I want you to hear here. You don't figure it out and then have faith in it. You have faith in it and that brings your mind into right understanding of who God is and what God's done. We perceive it, see it, and grasp it with our minds. By what? By faith. Faith informs our minds and by faith we understand. How can we know that the creation account is accurate? By faith. Oh, and I think there's plenty of good science that can verify Genesis 1 and does. And... I know that the Bible says we understand it all by faith. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible, even under a microscope. I love it. I I listened to a book called... uh, Well, it doesn't matter. I won't give you the name of the book because I don't want to recommend it. Because it's strictly physical science. And denies any God at all. And what they said was they're exploring the miracle of mitochondria. And everybody knows mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. (laughs) Yes, that's correct. Okay? But the mitochondria is a component of the cell, right? And what this author said was, obviously what happened was, mitochondria, which can't exist outside the cell, it can't at some point partnered up with another component. Obviously, that's what happened. And then they, they agreed, the mitochondria and this other component, hey, we'll work together. And then other things started joining in. And because the mitochondria was so powerful, the powerhouse of the cell, other things were gravitated toward it and said, hey, let's do this stuff together. Obviously, that's how evolution happened. Obviously. <laughs> and I'm like, That's not how it happened. God said it. And God said, let there be mitochondria in the cell. And let let that mitochondria be the powerhouse of the cell. I don't know if God said that or not. (laughs) But he designed it so that the mitochondria would be the powerhouse of the cell. And it worked. Scientists are amazed at the complexity of a cell And obviously, it took millions of years for that to evolve because that's the only thing that could possibly explain it. And faith says, no. No, faith says God said it and it happened. Oh, I think Adam and Eve were far superior to us physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. We have devolved for 6,000 years. We haven't evolved. Physically, we're getting bigger and stronger. But sin has racked us for 6,000 years. And we believe by faith that God created good science. We believe that God spoke it into existence. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Now with our natural dead and sin mind, We see that statement and say, well, that's impossible. And again, apart from God Himself, it surely is. But by faith we understand it. We grasp it. What is seen was not made out of things that are visible. But it also wasn't made out of nothing. God spoke things into existence. God spoke and what was not there suddenly was there. Let there be light. Light. Light doesn't make you sound, but that for... It was invisible, it was in the mind of God, and through His Word it was seen by the Word of God. And by faith we understand this, right? Now maybe you're saying, well, wait just a second, it's not that easy. And I can't say that I disagree with you completely. But the Bible says that our faith leads to our understanding. By faith we understand. So some of you are sitting here, so you're saying, I just need to have more faith, right? Well, maybe. Maybe. But how? How do I walk? How do I live? How do I think by faith and so understand this stuff? We'll get to that in application. We need the Word of God to give us the faith we need to understand what the Word is saying and what is supposed to come out of all of that. Do you need faith? Go to the Word. Do you need understanding? Engage your faith in that word. But if your understanding or faith are waning, what do you do? You run to the word. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And there's nothing better for our unbelief and our belief than the word of God. Let the word inform my belief and correct my unbelief. Because by faith we understand That the universe was created by the word of God, by the word of God, by the word of God. So that what's seen was not made out of things that are visible. We could stay there six months. But I won't do that to you. We'll move on to application today. Out of these three amazing verses. Four P's this morning. Give P's a chance. No, I won't. (laughs) P. Four application points. All the words start with P. Peace, proof, praise, and perceive. And we just just pulled these right out of the context, right out of the verse. Verses. Peace, proof, praise, and perceive. So application. What do we do with this? Application, okay, we've seen it. We've seen what it says. We've seen what it means. Now what do I do with it? Application, first application point, first thing to do is related around the word peace, P-E-A-C-E. And that's where we saw today the assurance of things hoped for. What is faith? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, which brings about a peace of knowing something. Now, let me ask you this. If you did a study to look into all that the Bible promises for those who are in Christ Jesus, you would be amazed. Maybe even to the point of wondering if it could possibly be all true. Faith is our assurance that all that we are called to hope for is absolutely by the promises of God true. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we know that He causes all things to work together for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purposes. We know that. We know that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We know that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places And we know that we're going to reign and rule with Christ for eternity. And faith, the fact that we have faith, is our assurance of that. Don't look to gain assurance. Look to your faith and let that be your assurance. Hebrews, back to Hebrews 6. I said we'd mention it again and I like to keep my word, okay? That's the assurance that we have. Was Jesus Christ a real person? Not even science debates that. Did He really die on the cross? The Word tells us that He did. Did He really come back to life? The Bible tells us that He did. Did He really ascend into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God where He ever lives to make intercession for us? The Bible says that's true. And our faith in that is our assurance that it is true. God, who cannot lie, affirmed it all with an oath. He swore by Himself because He had nothing higher to swear by. And He said, this is true. That should assure you. That should give you assurance. Look at this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. You want assurance? How about the assurance of God and the God of assurance being with you? Because that's exactly what Paul just said would happen in Philippians 4. If I'm faithful, to not be anxious, but to pray about everything, let my request be made known to God with thanksgiving. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. And then think, div- focus your mind on faith, through faith, by faith, on whatever is good, pure, excellent. And then the God of peace will be with you. That's pretty good assurance, y'all. Sign me up for that. I'll take that assurance every time. Your faith is your assurance. The assurance that who God is and what God has done and will do is true. So that's peace. Second of all, proof. The conviction of things not seen, faith was said to be. Proof for agreeing with God. Do you need proof that God exists? You've got it in your faith. Your faith is the proof that God is there. Your proof is the... Your faith is the proof that God is working, has worked, is working, will work. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. I don't need physical proof. I need my faith. And my faith is the conviction that I have. The proof that I need for agreeing with God. John 1.18, no one's ever seen God. The only God who's at the Father's side has made Him known. Colossians 1, 15 to 17. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Jesus is the proof, our conviction, that God is real. No one's ever seen God, First John four twelve. If we love one another, uh-oh, now this is outworking. God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. Do you feel a love for the people of God? There's some proof. You didn't have that before. So we're always of good courage, Paul says to the Corinthians. We know that while we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And that faith is the convicting proof that it's all true. Peace, proof, now praise. Praise from the Father, for by it, by faith, the people of old receive their commendation. Matthew 25, Jesus tells the parable of the talents. Two of the guys handle things well, and what do they hear from their master? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Songs, books, poems, all this stuff written saying, I want to hear him say, Well done. Okay, I do too, but I want to hear him as having said well done too. And if I'm going to hear him say well done, I've got to know that he has already said well done. And the fact that I have faith is proof that I'm going to receive his praise. Because listen, listen, I have already received his praise. I am currently receiving God's praise, His commendation to me. Why? Because of the faith that He has given me. Well done. Anytime I act, think, do, respond in faith, God says, that's well done. Because you're using the tool that I gave you to live this life the way that I called you to live it. You want the commendation of God? You walk by faith and not by sight. The faith that He has given you. I'm going to read a long passage. Oh, i got two passages to read. I'm sorry. This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. How do we be found faithful? We walk by faith. Here's the long passage. the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and may share His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, that by any means possible I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me His own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind And straining forward for what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will will reveal that to you also. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. What have you attained? The gift of faith that God has given you. Press on toward that goal having received His commendation, walking in His commendation, that you might receive His commendation when all is said and done. And if you are in Christ, you will. You will! And our faith is the peace that God provides for that, is the proof of it, that we'll receive His praise and finally peace-proof praise and perceive. Understanding by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. God save our minds. Romans 10, 17. That's what we were referring to earlier. I didn't mention. So faith comes from hearing. And hearing through the word of Christ. You want to strengthen your faith? Listen, I don't think we've even got to grow our faith. Jesus said, if you've got faith like a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move. And it'll go hop in a sea. Give that a shot, by the way. It's a whole other exegetical thing. but How do I get my understanding saved? How do I walk in understanding? Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Yes, this is a read your Bible application point. And your Bible is going to strengthen the faith that you have. For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing through the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's what the Bible does. And orders them a right. For all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. It's all about what God has shown himself to have done, what he is doing and what he will do, and he's done that through his word. The primary way that we understand all this is by the faith that God has given us and we perceive it in the word primarily. The Bible is very Important for your faith. And you will understand that that book is spiritually appraised. You're not going to lay out all the facts and say, okay, it makes sense to me. That's not how it works. The Word of God actually discerns us so that we can then discern it. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen, for by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Let's pray. God, you are pleased by our faith. And you were pleased to give us that faith as a gift of your grace. May we be people who walk by faith, not by sight, knowing that your commendation is upon us and will be proclaimed over us. When all is said and done, because of the finished work of our great high priest, Jesus, our faith is in him. Our faith is not something we drum up and study hard so that we can store something up so that we can say, I've got faith, I've got it all stored up. We just simply look to Jesus who is the author and perfecter of our faith. And we see the commendation that is ours there. And we have the peace of God that surpasses understanding. We have the proof that we need in our faith to know your praise, and to perceive with our understanding who you are and what you're doing and what you will do. Help us, God, to be people of faith. If there be anybody here who has not received the gift of grace that brings that faith to them, again, Holy Spirit, we trust you alone to bring that faith through the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation for all who would believe. The gospel of Jesus Christ, who died to pay the penalty for our sins, was resurrected and now ever lives to intercede for us. Holy Spirit, have your way. Give life, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, would you stand and receive a benediction? Oh, when in in doubt. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Church, he who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. And all God's people said, amen. You're dismissed, but stay and eat with us if you can, please.